Have you ever awoken to find yourself lost in the forest? You've been walking for a while now. You've left home and you've gone a-wandering and a-flowing in a river and a-walking to and fro and here and there. And you've been kind of heading southeast, the direction that a wise person once told you to head. There's been some beautiful days, some sunshine and blue sky and a warm breeze and some beautiful nights where you've taken your dodgy torch and you've lit the way one step at a time, one step at a time, just seeing the next thing, the next thing, till you make your way to the next thing. And there's also been some rainy days and some miserable nights, but you're still here. You're still on the journey. And it's a huge forest that greeted you a few days back on the track. You've been walking its paths now for quite some time heading vaguely in the same direction under the trees beneath the branches one path that leads to another to another yet now the path you've been following it comes to an abrupt cliff facing end so you took a new path and it it just wound into a dead-end canyon and you took another but a rock fall blocked that way you took another but it seemed to wind back to the first and the cliff face and then that canyon again and the rock fall again you've been here before you realize you're walking in circles walking in circles walking in circles around and around and around and any path you go down it seems to come back to this same stuck place you seem to come back to this same stuck place place. You can't even find your way backwards out of this mess now. You are so lost and confused in the middle of the forest, turning in circles, turning in circles. It is a maze. You have somehow walked into a maze in the middle of the forest. No clear exit. You going in circles, corner after corner, after dead end, after dead end, after another corner, after a path slits, three ways, two ways, four ways, a dead end, a corner, a dead end, a corner, a circle, a maze, you are lost. None of the ways seem like the right choice. Frustration builds upon frustration. How do I get out of here? Frustration builds upon frustration and that frustration leads to a despondency listlessness to match the lostlessness and upon the listlessness comes a lethargy and upon the lethargy comes a a loneliness you are lost listless lethargic and lonely and you have no idea how the heck you're gonna find your way out of this maze Welcome to The Deep Place on Creativity and Spirituality. Friends, you are listening to Season 3 of The Deep Place Podcast. And in this season, we are going on a journey, the creative journey. My name's Joel McCarrow, and I'll be somewhat of a guide through the strange and wild lands that make up our creative worlds. So would you take my hand, shake the dust, pick up your packs, and let's go. 
The Deep Place podcast was recorded on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, a land that was stolen. As a podcast, we pay our respects to the traditional custodians and storytellers of this land. And we thank Aunty Di Kerr for her blessing to tell stories and poetry on this land. Welcome to season seven. Season seven? This is not season seven. Don't be ridiculous, Joel McGarrow. This is episode seven of season three of the Deep Place podcast. Um, welcome to you if you are a new journeyer, if you are a long time journeyer, if you are um, new to your creative practice, if you've been doing your creative practice for years and years and years. I hope that this is a space. This is a community. This is a, a, a reflective space where you might be able to engage with the creative content and the reflections and the thoughts and ideas, but that they might truly bring change to your life. We're going to be getting lost in the forest today, friends. We're going to be getting lost. I don't know if you feel lost, but that's it's where we're at. It's where we're at. It's so easy to, to, to become lost on the creative journey. And this episode is going to help you maybe not become unlost, but maybe to see being lost in a different way. That's my offer for you today. So let's get into it. I think I know well that moment uh, in life when you're walking through the car park and uh, you realise that you have no idea where the heck you parked your car. I think it's in a sign. I think it's a Seinfeld episode. Actually, is totally based on that idea. But we would know. There's always, for sure, you have had some time in your life when you came back out to a car park. You started walking, thinking you're on the right level or the right whatever, and then you stop and you look behind you and you look forwards and you look left and right, and your car is not where you thought it was. And then comes that panic. And then the, oh, where the heck have I parked this car? What am I doing? How do I find the car? Where do I go from here? Um, I reckon those moments of getting lost in the creative journey, just like at some point in your life, you're going to have that moment. Uh, it's not It's not a question of if, but a question of when. Getting lost in the creative journey is not a question of if, but of when, both in terms of process and practice and career. And I mean, actually, we can pretty much extend this out to any area of our lives. You will get lost in the journey of your relationships, in your spiritual journey, your well-being journey, your work journey, your, your life, every area of our lives. The question is not if, but when, when are you going to get lost? And then the question is, perhaps the better question is, how the heck do you get out of that forest, out of that car park that you've found yourself lost in? How do you find the way forward? You know, I remember when uh, I was writing um, uh, a book, uh, why I have a YA trilogy, fantasy YA trilogy, and I was stuck in this scene uh, in this book and um, coincidentally it was actually the the scene was someone running in the forest like I'd created this character 
And I'd set them on this journey and their, their, their choices had led to this point in the story, but I, I couldn't find what the next thing was. Like I knew what, I knew in some sense where they were headed. Like I had that kind of picture, but I couldn't make the connection between now as they, as they are now running through this forest uh, to where they were heading to. There was too many steps in between. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't work it out. I was stuck in the plotting, stuck in the, in the story that I was trying to write. I had that kind of direction, but every time I headed in that direction, I, I seemed to come back to this point, to this being stuck. How did they, how does this person get from they're running through the forest being chased by a darkness and how do they get out of that into where they're going to something like something just wasn't working in the story I needed some way for it to progress forward like I knew I knew what they were running from the darkness they were running from but and I had a vague idea of where they were running toward way in the future but I didn't know how they were getting there I I was I was lost I got I got stuck in the in the fictional forest that I was creating and it took me a while like it took me a while to get out to to help my character get out of that point but I actually came to the the interesting thing is I came to the plot that then allowed the story to move forward well it's actually it actually became the very key the very like pivotal key point of the whole of the story, as in what came out of that lostlessness. I don't even know if that's a word, lostlessness. It feels like it should be. I'm using it. Um, what came out of that, of me being lost as a writer uh, in that moment was actually the very key point of the story. And if I didn't get lost as a writer in that story then, I kind of wonder, would I have found that key point? Like it became the key to not only this this first book of the trilogy, but actually the heart of the rest of the trilogy, like a really key thing that I came to. And I don't think I would have come to that point, to that idea, to the, let's call it, the genius of that idea if it wasn't for getting lost, I don't think I would have come out. I don't think I would have done that. I don't think I would have come to that place, to that goodness. So I tell you that and then, and then I know that you're thinking, well, what was it? Like how did you or how did you come to that idea? How did you come to that idea as you got lost in the writing and as you were trying to work your way forward, you get your character forward? How did you get out of that? Because uh, I did. I did something that led me out of that forest, out of that maze. What was it? I hear you asking in frustration. That's where we're going to in this episode. We're going to look at the five things that I do in my creative practice and in my creative projects to help me find my way out of the maze. So come and get lost with me. Over the last summer holidays, I went 
uh, went to a maze, was down at a place called Phillip Island in Victoria here in Australia. And I uh, went to a place called Phillip Island and they've got this maze on Phillip Island, one of those wooden ones that uh, you can't see over the top of. You go there with your kids and you get lost in it. So I'm there with my two children, my wife, a friend and her kid. Um, and, and we're trying to find, there's like four flags you've got to find in this maze before you then find your way out again. And if you find it all, then you get the prize. You get the prize. And my kids, oh, they wanted that prize. Darn, they wanted that prize. One of the... Um, we so so we started off in the maze and and it started off fun you know they always do you're like bolting everywhere uh, after the children as they're running ahead trying to find their way through and, and within a pretty short time we'd found the first flag and we were cheering and whooping we're on the way we've found the flag and and then we come and after a little bit it takes a little bit longer but we find that second one and so we're cheering and we're whooping and then and then we're coming uh, there's a third and a fourth and the third one's just taking quite a bit longer things like they really begin to slow down at that point we feel like we've been through a decent amount of the maze we've been in there for maybe 20 minutes and then 20 minutes soon becomes 30 and 30 becomes 40 and 40 becomes 50 minutes and like somewhere about this mark is where where those kids that that bounded off into the maze so light and energetic and now like um, you'll remember it you know that time it's when your feet start it's when you're a kid and your feet just started to feel like lead like they got so heavy so you grabbed on to your parents hand and you were like I can't go any further I can't go any further it's too much I can't just get out of this maze and so your kids are, are kind of weighing you down my kids are weighing me down one of them jumps up into your arms and so you're carrying her for a little bit and then on the back and you're trying to find your way through and you're just like your kids are losing it you're getting frustrated you start snapping at your partner you're 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 well and truly you have no idea how the heck you're gonna get out of this maze um <laughs> Oh, it's kind of, I feel like I'm going back into PTSD from my amazing experience on the, uh, over the summer holidays. Um, but we managed to find our way out. We did. We actually managed to get out of that maze. And I want to I wanna share with you these five things. These are the things that helped us get out, that helped us get out of that maze. Five things that will help you when you get lost. I believe I'm going to transpose them from the maze to the forest, to the metaphorical forest getting lost on our creative journey, to the reality of getting lost in our creative practice, in our creative projects, those times we can't find our way forward. Here's the five things. The first, here's what we did. Here's what we did to get out of that maze. We stopped we sat down and we had some lunch. <laughs> 
we had some lunch, at which I know it sounds like, how does that help you get out of the maze? Of course it does. If you've ever had hangry children, uh, one of my children particularly gets very hangry that uh, the hungrier she gets, the angrier she gets, the more she will not listen and will not hear and then... Uh, becomes a walking uh, bomb, a walking explosion of emotions. Um, And so what helps actually is to kind of get out of that, like with any kid, when any kid's in a tantrum, what do you do? You can either um, come at it head on and be like, no, we can, you've got to get out of this tantrum. You've got to do this and, and this and this and this. And it barely ever works because the kids are like well beyond any cognitive ability to change the way that they are. They're just, their emotion has taken over. They can't see or think clearly or logical at all in the slightest. And so what do you do? You give them some lunch, you sit down and you have some lunch. And what happens then, you take a break from what you're searching for. That's what was happening. We took a break. We took a break from trying to find our way out of being lost. And in doing so, something changes inside you. That despondency, that weight, those heavy feet, that listlessness, that lethargy in the taking a break and doing something totally different, that is such a beautiful way to begin to find your way out of the maze. So how do you begin to find your way out when you're lost? You stop trying to find your way out and you just do something else. When you're in that, let's go back to our metaphorical journey from the intro opening. When you are in that season and you've you've woken to find yourself lost in the forest, this maze of winding paths and dead ends, you know what you do? You stop and you build a fire or you you've go fishing in the river, go for a swim in the pond, you go for a run. You go for a run around the forest paths, not trying to find your way out, just, just for the sake of going for a run. That's, that's actually what I do. When I, when I stop trying to find my way out of the forest and I enjoy where I'm at for a moment, like where I sit and I have some lunch and I have a fire and I, and I just go for a run and I stop trying to solve the problem, I find the problem gets solved. When I stop paying it attention, I find my inattention leads to a way forward, leads to a solution. It's the, it's the unfocused receptive brain is what they talk about it as that opens us to other possibilities. So like I told you a few podcast episodes ago about how I love going running um, and my running relates here too. Um, I love going running, as I said, for many, many different reasons. And one of the reasons why I go running is this, whenever I go running whenever I get stuck in a creative practice. When I get stuck in a creative project and I'm trying to work out something. In fact, that exact story that I was telling you before, do you know how I got out when I was writing the story in my YA fantasy and and I had that person stuck in running in a forest? I went for a run. And in the going for a run, my mind, I wasn't, specifically focused on trying to solve the problem, the the plot problem that I was facing, I was just, I just 
went for a run. And in the unfocused inattention of the run, I came to the solution of the problem. It just, it was like my brain, it gave my brain the freedom just to play with possibilities, to think, to, to well, to not think, to not try to solve it. It's this, it's such a weird thing, but I can, like, I can assure you, um, like it's become so much part of my creative practice now that I I run every day. I run every day. I drop my kids at school and I go for a run every day. And as I run every day, what I what I tend to do, I might go for a run and I might think about, um, I might just put at the start of my run, I'll put this creative project that I'm working on. I'll put it right in my mind um, and not to focus on it. I just have it there. It's kind of in the background. So I'll choose one of my creative projects or in terms of my creative practice or creative career, uh, I'll just have what I'm thinking about at the moment kind of just sitting in the back of my head. And then I just go for a run. I just go for a run and I don't think about it, but I do think about it. I don't choose to think about it. I bring the inattention that I need to it. And I can, why I I do this is I 100% can assure you and say that nearly all of my creative breakthroughs for both specific projects and for my creative career, um, the way forward has come in this time of me running. Like seriously, I can point to time and time and time and time and time again where it's like it's way too much to be a coincidence now. It's way too much to be a coincidence. So instead, I've shaped my creative practice around running every morning. And in that that half an hour is just as important to my, that half an hour of running, 40 minutes of running, is just as important to my creative practice as sitting there and doing the actual writing. All of my breakthroughs, I, I really think nearly all of my breakthroughs have come through that time of inattention where I've stopped trying to solve the problem. I've stopped trying to find my way out of the forest. And instead I've just enjoyed the, I've just gone for a run. I've just gone for a run. I've just allowed myself to not try to solve the problem, then solves the problem, then helps me find my way out. So I wonder what is that for you? You may not be a runner, that's okay. Maybe you can go swimming, maybe you can go for a walk, maybe you can join the gym, maybe you can uh, do some gardening, maybe there's so many different things, but what I, I really wanna say, make sure you have one of these things. Please, if you are a creative, you need a, a practice of inattention. You need a, an, a practice of being unfocused. And again, I, I promise you, this is like money back guarantee. <laughs> guarantee. How much have you paid to listen to this podcast? Nothing. You've paid nothing. Um, money back. <laughs> money back guarantee. Um, if you do this, if you have some kind of unfocused inattention way, practice, rhythm in your life, if you can do this, you will be able to find your way out of the forest that you get lost in both in your creative projects that you're doing and in your creative practice, letting your brain lazily reflect through inattention and its unfocused receptive ability. That is one of the ways that we find our way out of the forest.
Number two, uh, here's what we did when we were in the maze. Um, when we were in that maze with my children, lost, we'd found the first thing, first flag. We found the second flag. We're looking for the third flag. We had sat down and we had some lunch. We'd regathered. Uh, we'd got some energy back. We, we had an idea then. We had an idea. What if we found like a high point? What if we found that, so, so we, instead of trying to find kind of the, the flag, we, we could see where a high point was. We made our way slowly towards the high point. We came to the high point. We went up some steps, some wooden steps, I remember, and came really up to this high kind of double level point where we could look out over the whole of the maze and we could see where we'd been. We could see where we wanted to go. We could see that green flag over there that we still needed to get in there. Way beyond was that yellow flag, that last one. So we could see things when, when we allowed ourselves to find that high place and look out to see the whole. We allowed ourselves to see the whole. So back again on our metaphorical journey, uh, the intro to these podcasts, as you're running through that forest, you know what you do? You find the highest tree. Climb up the highest tree so that you can see the whole forest spread out before you. So you can see the lay of the land, the spread of the place. Um, you, you have a direction. You've still got your compass southeast. You're heading southeast. You can look. You can see. You see some of the paths. Getting just that overview the overview is really important. The overview changes how you see things. Think about the overview effect, uh, which is when the astronauts, it's that, um, that um, reality that happens for astronauts that they've studied and looked into where astronauts go up out from the reality of our little earth here and they go up towards the moon and when they uh, or out of our little, um, what do we call it, the biosphere and they look back down upon the earth and they have this beautiful, often this beautiful transcendent moment of connecting to the oneness of the earth, the realization that we're not individual nations, individual peoples, but we are one, all we are one, one little blue ball floating through a big black sky. Um, the, the overview effect, so many astronauts have said, changed the way they saw the world. It changed the way they saw the world. And so this is what we do when we get lost. Seek to find the overview effect where you can get yourself high enough to see the lay of the land, where you can get yourself, when you are lost in a project, you need to be able to take some steps out or up and see it as a whole. See it as like one frame, one earth, one world, one sentence. To bring it down to one, like to see the forest in one frame is to see the world, to see the project that you are doing, to see your creative practice in one sentence, a snapshot of the whole. What is the, the snapshot of the whole going to be for you? When you look out over the, when you climb up the tree and look out over the forest, this is what you're doing. You're seeing the snapshot. You're seeing the whole. What is that for you? In our creative projects, it's like a, a premise statement, like an, an elevator pitch of what the, this project is about. 
uh, a, a log line, a, a premise statement, a what if statement. Um, you, you, we have these one so people don't get lost when they engage with um, we, when we get it out into the world as people read it or watch it or look at it or whatever it might be, but also so we don't get lost in the writing of it. For every one of my projects that I do, I have a like a premise statement or a what if statement. Um, a log line. I have a statement that simplifies my whole project, the whole of this forest. It gives me an overview of the whole forest that I'm working on. Um, I do this. I remember in English in high school, um, my English teachers would always write, you're too verbose. Keep it simple. Like I want, I have so much to say. <laughs> As you know, listening to this podcast, I have so much to say and I want to cram all the things into it. Um, and my my teachers would always say, you're trying to, you, you've got so much to say and it's all that you want to say. You're confusing people and you end up preaching at people and yelling at them like I yell into this microphone at you who are listening. Sorry. Um, bring it down, bring it down, bring it down. Keep it simple. Squash everything down into one frame. Uh, like I'm learning in my storytelling, I need something. I need a one thing, a simple thing, a unifying idea that the story wraps around. Or perhaps a story that speaks to a unifying idea. Either way, this is like this is the idea of theme or premise when we're talking writing and narrative. Every project that you do, at the beginning of doing it, see if you can bring it down into one kind of sentence. Boil it down, simplify it into a sentence. This is the, the sticky note sentence that you stick to your computer screen so that as you're doing this project and you get lost in the forest of your project, you look up and you remember where you're headed. You remember the overview. You remember being at the top of that tree and looking out and you can see the whole thing. This is, this is the whole thing. Two easy ways you can do this. For those who are into poetry, one of the ways I do this is simply through a hook. I find like the the key thread that is running through my poem and I craft a hook around it. A hook becomes a point of repetition. It's like a phrase that I keep coming back to. So at a really simple like poetry at this small, whether it's one page, whatever it might be, I have a phrase, often this works with performance poetry, a phrase I keep coming back to, a hook phrase. I have a hook and then I'll have my first paragraph and then I repeat the hook again, second paragraph, repeat the hook again. It's what we call a hook poem, but it's one of the ways that we can keep in our minds where we're headed, that overview and with story, we do the same. You can do it as a what if statement. Think of any story you've ever seen or ever read, and you could frame it up as a what if. What if this happened? What if a little man with hairy feet had to throw a piece of jewelry into a lava lake in the middle of a mountain? There we go. Lord of the Rings. Um, what if a crazed lunatic killed lots of children in front of their parents and everyone loved him for it. 
Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So we have all these premises, a unifying idea, a beautiful way that, um, so you could do it as a what if statement, take whatever you're working on and craft it as a little what if statement. Amy Kaufman um, has a, a beautiful way that she does it that I really liked. Uh, Amy Kaufman, YA writer. Um, she just has a simple sentence for each of hers. And this becomes like the sentence that when you pitch your, um, pitch your work to agents, to um, publishers, to uh, whatever you're doing, this becomes like the thing that you can use to pitch your work, but it's also that sticky note again to remind you of what you're doing. Uh, so Amy Kaufman's is, when incident happened to person, they must action before consequence. When insert incident, when an incident, what, what's the incident, happens to a person, who's this character, who's the person, they must what? They must do this action before this consequence happens. When incident happened to person, they must action before consequence. So you could take any of these. In fact, why don't you take them now, a creative uh, little pause here for yourself to take something that you are working on and bring it down, simplify it into this one thing, one statement. But this is not just, so do make sure you do that. Go and do that. Very practical. Get This is rubber hit the road. Um, bring it into your own creative practice your own creative projects, but also with your, when you get lost in your creative career, you also need this snapshot. Like you need this, again, a sticky note stuck on your computer to remind you why you're doing what you're doing so that when the lethargy and the listless and the lostness and the, the, the lola lola lolas, all the lolas, um, when you have these things, when you get lost, you have a why statement there about your creative practice as a whole. Why do you do what you do? Bring it down to a sentence. Instagram says theirs is to capture and share the world's moments. Uber says evolving the way the world moves. TED Talks is simply spread ideas. Google is to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. Lego is to inspire and develop the builders of tomorrow. And I love this one from Mr. Sean Askinosi, who runs Askinosi Chocolates. Um, there's a beautiful uh, podcast episode of his um, with him speaking on the story podcast, story gathering uh, podcast. Make sure you check that out. Uh, but he simply says, I aspire to be a joyful participant in the sorrows of the world. Oh, I aspire to be a joyful participant in the sorrows of the world. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in the next session, actually, because it relates to in the next session, the next podcast episode, it relates to what we're going to be talking about there too. Uh, I love that why. What's my own why is to be to be a force of connection, healing and flourishing through creativity. That's why I do what I do. That's what I want to see happen through all the creative things that I do. Connection happening between me and people and this world and all things. Healing happening for those who have been wounded and broken where violence has stolen someone's story. I want to see healing come to that through what I do. And flourishing, 
flourishing in people's lives, in their creative practice, in their work that they do, in their holistic integrated lifestyle and all of this through creativity. I use creativity to do this. This is my why. This is what sits on my computer to remind me. This is my when I climbed up to the top of the tree and looked out at the forest. This is my why. What it also shows me then is shows me in the forest where I am lost. It shows me the the paths that I don't need to take because they're going to be taking me away from my why. I don't need to take that path because it has nothing to do with connection, healing and flourishing through creativity. No, I'm not going to take that path. I won't take that. So this becomes a point of not only um, not only seeing the whole, but it actually then, once we see the whole and simplify it into this statement, it also becomes, helps us with our ability to choose the paths that we're going to choose to take us out and get us out of this, this stuckness that we might be in. It shows us the paths we don't want to choose, though they might be lucrative. The, like it's almost, it becomes an ethical thing, doesn't it? This, this starts to become our work ethic, That's what this is. It becomes our work ethic. I don't choose this. I'm going to say no to this. I'm not going to do this because this helps us to narrow our decisions down because it doesn't have to do with connection, healing and flourishing through creativity. Um, when When I am asked to do something, if it goes against these things, if it doesn't do these things, then it shows me what I can say no to. So what's your why? What is your why? What would, what would you say now is your why? We're going to look a little bit more at this in the next episode, but I want you to try to kind of just come to it now um, before then. What's your why? Why do you do what you do? Bring it down. What's your sticky note statement on your computer? When you climb up that tree and look over the forest, what's the snapshot? What's the hole that you see about your creative process. That was number two. A few words from our sponsors. You know, even as a poet, (laughs) there's so many times when I have needed words and not known what those words are. As in, I'm working through something, engaging with something, struggling with something, and I don't have the words. The Practice Co app, the Practice Co people, all their reflections. You can check them out on Instagram if you want, but so many times when I have not found the words. I've just been reading Liz's words and the different authors and writers she gets on for the Practice Co. And I'm like that. That's exactly the feeling. So if you need that, go to thepracticeco.com and check them out. I am so thankful to have a um, a Christian theology college willing to support the work of the Deep Place podcast. I know that this is not a, a Christian podcast, and many of you listening aren't Christian, which is wonderful. Um, and and Christianity is one of those things that I just wrestle with all the time. Sometimes I don't even want to take on that label, and other times I I do, and I try to figure out the best of it, and I try to leave the crap behind. And you guys know me. You know, well, some of you know me. You know that I journey with this hard and I struggle with this hard and to have a college that's like, we appreciate that. (laughs) We want that. I think it's so special. Um, Go and have a look at acom.edu.au if you're interested in in accredited study, undergraduate, postgraduate level online. Go and have a look at their courses and, and see if something stands out to you if you're also from that Christian tradition. 
right, number three. Number three within the forest. Here's within the maze. Here's what happened. Here's how we got out of that maze with my children on the summer holidays. We helped people as we went. We helped others as we went on the journey. And you know what? They then helped us back. We came across someone and we said, oh, we've just been down here. Don't worry. There's a, there's a dead end here and a dead end here. And they're like, oh, yeah, don't go up that path on the right there because we came across a dead end and a dead end as well. Which flag are you looking for? We're looking for the green one. Oh, and we're looking for the yellow one. I found the green one. If you go that way, that way, and that way, you might come closer. So we actually chatted to people. We helped them and they helped us. We helped them and they helped us. Again, this is really what we're going to get into in the next podcast episode. But I want to bring it out here. Um, for when you are lost. Go back onto the metaphorical journey, the intro, when you've woken up to find yourself lost in the forest. And there's this person that you're, you're trying to find your way out and you kind of stumble across this person who's, who's by the side of the path and they, they've got a broken ankle and like you could easily just run past them, but you choose not to. You stop and you you talk with them and they ask you if you know where the way out of the forest. And you say, well, I'll, I don't know the way out, but I'll tell you what I do know. And they say, I don't know the way out either, but I'll, I'll tell you what I do know. And so you tell them about the dead ends you've found and they tell you about the dead ends that they've found. And you bandage their ankle and you strap it well and then... And then you know what? You begin to walk together for a while and you help each other find the way out of the forest. This is one of those, you know, it's really, it sits at the heart of why we create is there is people out there who need you. They need you. And you know what? You need them. Our creativity, it is relational. It must be relational. It must connect us to people. Um, we, we looked last uh, podcast episode at the, the mentors that guide us, but there's also the people on the journey um, who, are, who are those who are creating too, who also are lost, who have lost their way. And I can think of many times when I've got to come alongside someone and in me helping them, it has not, it has never, never once hindered my own creative journey. The only thing that it has done is to make it flourish more and more and more. I think of the beautiful, my wonderful friend, Rochelle Bourne, who I did, if you haven't listened to the podcast episode that we did together on here, oh gosh, you, you have to. It's probably my favorite, one of my favorite ones that I've ever done because we went, we started from scratch on the podcast episode um, from having nothing and we wrote a poem slash song together on the podcast episode. Within the podcast episode, you'll hear we write a whole poem slash song together as well as at the same time hearing about Rochelle's life. So it, it shows you the process uh, that we go through to create. She she's, um, sings and plays music and stuff on all the things that I do. Um, she's part of Joel McCarrow and the Mysterious Few. And so um, go back and have a listen to that podcast episode. But And you'll hear her journey when she got stuck, when she was totally lost 
when she was totally lost in her creative journey and she could not write a song. Like a song just did not come. She was stressed out of her brain. The creative flow totally went. She was creatively blocked. Um, she was sitting there with a broken ankle. And, and it's not to say that I came and made everything better or anything like that. No, 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 no. Because that's not what it's about. It's, it's I came along, we came into each other's lives and we have helped each other on the journey. At that point, some of the words that I said and the encouragement that I could bring was like a bandage around her ankle. Uh, and then at so many times in, in my creative walk, she has done the same for me. We have become people journeying together. We're both creatives uh, in different fields. She's in music and I'm in poetry, but we have come together and our creativity has blossomed because we have helped each other. And so friends, who are the people on your journey when you look around you and see people who are, who are also creative people who are lost? Can you write a list of those people now? Who are those people that you could come alongside and say, hey, hey, let's help each other because I'm feeling pretty lost right now and I'd love to hear about your journey and the paths you've gone down and the dead ends you've found and would you do the same for me? Would you do the same for me? And then the journey continues on. That was number three. Number four of how we got out of that maze. Here's what we did. We learnt to embrace the exploration. At some point, we, we kind of split our group up into three and we went down a whole lot of different exploratory paths trying to find our way out, which is probably a bit of a dangerous thing because we may never have found each other again. But it, what it allowed us to do was to go from one point and say, well, you guys head off in that direction, see what you can find. We'll head in this direction, see what we can find. And then we'll come back to this point and we'll, we'll do that. And so we kind of, that's what we did. It allowed us to explore different paths to to meander down different paths and see what we could find on our metaphorical journey being lost in the forest. Um, it's this ability to, to look for the way out, but to not be, it's kind of a change in how we're seeing it, that it's not, we're just exploring. Like if you can see yourself as an explorer, things begin to change. It changes the way how you see it. Um, and it also allows you to, it allows you to find, as an explorer, it allows you to find what maybe is in the forest for you to find. Maybe actually the point when you were lost in the forest is not just to find the quickest way out. The point is that there is some deep, deep learning for you in that forest in that forest. And here's one of the learnings. Here's one of the learnings is that there is a, a multitude of paths. 
Like there's a, there's a whole lot of paths in this forest leading in all these different directions. And unlike when I'm in a maze with my kids, I can't split myself in two. But in life, we can split ourselves up in the sense of we can go down multiple paths at the same times in our creative, in our creative life, in our creative journey. We can go down one path, we can go down another path, we can go down another path, and we can kind of do it all at the same time in in some sense. We don't have, like unlike a real maze as well, when we're on the creative journey, we don't have time constraints most of the time unless you've got a commission that you're doing or something like that. Um, so we have time and so we needed to, we learned to embrace the exploration we learn to embrace the exploration of many paths. Many paths might actually be a wonderful thing. In other words, what I'm saying is this. In my creative practice, I go down like eight paths. Actually, I go down like 10 paths at the same time. In other words, I have like 10 projects on the go at the same time, always, always. I follow each of these paths as I go down. I follow each of these paths finding my way through the forest, each of these paths. Um, and as long as I'm heading in that that general direction, as long as I'm going southeast within this forest, go nuts, spread wide, explore the different paths, do this and try this and try another path and try another path and see it as an exploration. Don't let it stress you out, but see if you can go exploring different mediums, different projects, because all of these things, our exploration of these different things are going to help us to find our way out of being stuck. Why do I say this to you? Why do I know this? Because it has helped happen for me all the time, all the time, all the time. When I am stuck in a project, you know what I do often? I just go to a different project. I just jump to a different path. And by the time I have played with that project for a little while and then I come back to that one I was stuck with, oh, I've found my way through with that one too. Um, where I, I have like 10 projects at the moment I have. Let me read some of them down here. I've got them as a list. This is just my creative projects. I have a book uh, about a girl named Charity Jane Roberts I'm going to tell you about in a second. I have that fantasy trilogy called Terra Ether. I have a book that I'm writing called Story Me um, with a guy named Dan Nixon who I've told you a little bit of in this podcast as well. I have this podcast, the Deep Place podcast. I have an album uh, that I am doing, a new album that I'm doing with Rochelle Bourne that we're bringing this album together, though she's had a baby just a few months ago. So that's putting a slowness uh, at the moment on that project. I have a middle grade uh, graphic novel that I am writing. I have uh, one, two, three. I have three other children's picture books that I have at first draft level. I have a book uh, that I am writing about a magician um, and, and historical fiction about a magician. Um, I've just finished off an album with Tear Fund, uh, doing it with Grace Naum and uh, David Andrew, um, doing poetry and music. Uh, there's a there's a poetry album I want to do called The Poetry of Sleep. I haven't started that one, but that's another project that's coming up. I, these are just some of the creative projects that I have right now that I am working on. And what I do is I jump from project to project. When I get stuck with one, I have another one to go into. And I go into that one for a little while and things get unstuck by me focusing on something else. Um, and what this, for me, what this is all about is kind of learning to, as I said, learning to embrace the exploration, to find, um, it's about 
allowing there to be multiple paths to go down to start with. And I, and I wonder for you, what are those multiple paths for you? Like, could you again make a bit of a list of the projects? What projects um, are you working on or could you like have been in the background? You've been like, no, I just need to stick with this one project. I need to just stick it and get it done and get it done and get it done. But now I'm lost in it. I don't know what to do. What if you have like five different things and you could go, ah, oh, actually I'm, I'm stuck with this one. Let me jump to this other one for a bit. Like I'm stuck in the editing and it's hard of this project. So why don't I jump into this one where I'm back in my first draft and I can just write some stuff or I can jump to the poetry. I can just do some poetry or maybe you've got a, a painting project and just do a little bit of painting. Um, write a list of the different paths that you can meander down and explore to help you find your way out. The exploration of multiple paths is a beautiful thing that we can do in our creative process. And as we do, as we do, here's what we find. We find that getting lost in a forest is about so much more than just finding our way out of that forest. The point, when you are lost in the forest, the point is not to get out as quick as you can. It's just not. Because the forest has things to teach you. Being lost in a forest gives you the space to find the serendipitous. Should you be willing? Should you be willing? That, that moment, that thing, like I did when I was writing that book, um, and I found that way through when I've been writing that Terra Ether book, that young adult fantasy, and I found the way through. How did I find it? I found it because I was lost and I would not have found the key heart of that project if I hadn't have been lost. And so when you are lost, stop just trying to find the quickest way out. Stop trying to run out of the uncomfortable. Instead, what is this lostless? <laughs> what does this lostlessness have to teach you? Like one moment can change everything. The, the entire trajectory of a life, not just a creative project, the entire trajectory of a life can be instantly U-turned by a serendipitous occasion, by a serendipitous event. Serendipity, I think, happens all the time, all the time. Serendipity, it was, it was Horace Walpole who first coined the term in a letter from 1754. He describes the word as being taken from a fairy tale called the Three Princes of Serendip. That's where it came from, serendip, serendipity. He writes that the princes were always making discoveries by accidents and sagacity of things they were not in quest of. Making discoveries of things that you are not in quest of. That is what the forest has to teach you. That is what the maze, being lost in the maze, has to teach you. Finding that which you were never searching for, which might be the point of it all. The unexpected things. I mean, perhaps this is the truest point of all learning and growth. The unexpected, the serendipitous. The serendipitous things. These serendipitous things that remind us of how much we don't know. Like... We discover the things we don't know, that we didn't realize we don't know when we allow ourselves to be lost. 
when we allow ourselves to be lost, to ask the questions that need to be asked when we're in the forest, to embrace this invitation to serendipity. That's what the forest is. It's an invitation to serendipity, to stumble upon that which you didn't realise you were missing. I remember this, and, and we, might, we might even come into land with this actually, um, as I remember this moment, um, I think I might have said that there was, I said that there was like five things. Sure, there's, there's been five things that I learned to get out of the forest. Um, this is, this is, let me finish, let me finish with this story, but I want to finish, I want to let, let me name these things again. I said there were five, but I think he ended up doing four, but you know, we could split one. I've said a lot of things. Gosh, there's so many things I've said, not just five, but here's the key things of, of getting out of that forest. We sat down and we had some lunch of getting out of that maze. Sat down, we had some, some lunch. We did some unfocused inattention. Uh, we, we stopped trying to solve the problem and in stopping trying to solve the problem, the problem gets solved. Go for a run, do the thing. We found the highest point of the maze. We got that premise, that snapshot, that overall, that picture from above that helps us simplify things for both our projects and for our, our kind of a why statement for our creative process as a whole, for our creative career, for our creative vocation as a whole. What is your why? We helped people as we went and then they helped us. Um, we, we came alongside each other and journeyed with people and we learned to embrace the exploration. Uh, in other words, we went down the paths. We went down the different paths, having a multiple things, different uh, creative projects to explore and part of that then um, this is the fifth one uh, but it's kind of linked was was that idea of serendipity that actually um, getting lost in a forest is so much more than just about trying to find your way out and if you can embrace that beautiful things will begin to happen so let me finish with this story and I'll leave you there there's been a bunch of practical things that I've said that I hope you can do I'll, I'll leave you with this and, and we'll come back in when the next episode is released so I was in this hard time in my life a few years ago it was before pandemic hit it was probably like maybe two years before that and things were just things were hard I was I felt like I was lost I was lost in a bunch of relationships I was lost in vocation I was spending a lot of time touring the world and not enough time with my family I they were struggling and I was struggling and it was at that time that I was writing this book a book about a girl named Charity Jane Roberts. It's a YA book that I'm, I'm still seeking to get published. But here's, here's the thing. So I'm writing this book, right? And it's about this girl, Charity Jane Roberts, who always gets lost. Wherever she goes, she gets lost. And there's this point where she, she ends up on an island with her grandparents and because she's on an island, she can't really get lost. She can't go very far. But there's this point where she, she has to get away from the island for a bit and then she can't find a way back and she's on a boat and she gets swept out to sea and a storm comes and she's lost out in the ocean and days go past and she's like delirious, she's starving, she's thirsty, she's, she's about to, it's about to end for her and, and in her 
deliriousness, she is sitting there in this boat and this man appears next to her. The man is actually the uh, narrator of the story who is life. Life is the brother of death. Death who takes people from this world into the other world. Well, life brings people from the other world into this world. And life has been, um, this character has been invisibly following around narrating the story of Charity Jane Roberts. Uh, And so at this moment, at her end, when she is more lost than she has ever been, she is sitting there in the boat and this old man in her, she thinks it's like a delirious vision because she hasn't eaten or drunk for a long time. This old man appears to her. His name is Life. And he says to her, Charity, what if you have never been... And I didn't know what he was going to say. Here's the thing. So I, I put my characters into this story and they make their decisions, they make their choices and I chase after them. And, and so I'm sitting there. I don't know what he's going to say. I'm at this point of being lost and I write these words that came out of the mouth of life, my character. He said, Charity, what if you have never been lost? What if every time you were lost, actually you were being led somewhere? I write those words and I break like I'm breaking again now as I tell you this story. I break into tears because it was exactly the words that I needed to hear. I have never been as lost as I felt at that moment. I have never been lost. Life has been with me every step of the way. God with me every step of the way. I have never been lost. It was exactly the words that I needed in that moment. Now, whether I get that book published or not, whether that becomes a successful hit, whether it becomes anything, whether nobody ever reads it ever in its entirety of its life, It is still a success because it changed me in that moment. It was a pivotal point in my life, a turning point where my character, where I developed these characters and this conversation, this beautiful conversation happened and I I was changed by it. The point of me being lost was not to find my way out of that forest as quick as I could. The point of me being lost was that I needed to learn something in the forest. I needed to learn who I was, that I have never been lost. And I wonder what you have to learn in the forests of your life when you are stuck when nothing makes sense, when you've been going around and around and around and around, what are the, what is the serendipitous thing? What are you actually here for that you didn't realize? What are the words that needs to be said to you right now? Stop and be a scribe for whether it's God or the sacred or your own inner conscious or whatever it might be, I want you to stop and I want you to write the words right now that you need to hear. And I'll see you in the forest of our lives. We'll find a way together.